glory. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord today. Thank you for coming this morning. We've got a few absent for different reasons, but we thank God for His protection in this hour that even the president, it can get to the president. So if it can get to him, it can get to anybody except those who are immune. I'm glad we got a protection, a built-in immunity. You say, what if I get sick? What does that mean? That means you got sick. Amen. But we got a word of promise that by His stripes we are healed. Amen. So we had a special request this morning from Canada. Are they online? Can we see them? Can they get them up? Uh, from a lady there, I won't call her name in uh, PA, so we like to remember that request. And everybody that's online, we have quite a few that watches each week online in the group in Canada watches. And we haven't been able to visit there since basically back in January or March. It's been a long time. This is the longest we've been. But I hadn't seen my mother since March either. So she's been in the hospital. Now she's back in the nursing home. So it's just that time. Amen. And he agrees with that. We're going to look at a subject this morning. Now, this lesson, uh, you can read it probably at home would be, uh, you'll get more out of it. Uh, it is not skim milk, and it's not easy to understand. And we're not trying to be someone intellectual because the intellectual mind will just jump out over top of it. We can't learn intellectually. We have to learn by revelation. Either God opens the soul to understand, or no matter how much you study, you won't get it. It's got to come through a sovereign, let's call it a sovereign law of God called communication from father to son. Now, how many knows that your soul actually is a part of God? It is eternal. It is immortal. It never had a beginning. It never had an end. Our soul actually come from God. Now, we believe that because we are believers. And we believe that a prophet of God spoke God's Word and told us that we were children, our seed of Himself. Now, that will only do you any good unless you take that Word and speak it back out of your mouth to make it confirm to you. You can listen to a lot of things, it'll just go one, one ear and out the other, until you hear the Word of God and put it in your mouth and speak it out of your mouth before it is confirmed in the inner man to be a reality. Are you following me? Most people let the mind get in the way to understand before they'll speak. And that's the principle that we're looking at in this study we have been in uh, called Aaron's Rod That Budded. Now, that's very important because I believe that it uh, is a type of a ministry that we're in now. After the prophet, after the seals are open, here we're in a specific period of time to where, let's call it this, the child or the bride body has to be birthed forth into manifestation. 
the problem that we have looked at, according to the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul's message and revelation of Jesus Christ promised a resurrection and immortality. 2,000 years has went by, and we have not seen that promise of his mystery, our gospel, fulfilled in flesh. Now we had a prophet come on the scene and give us the revelation and told us who we are and what we are and told us that these things that he did we can do and give you many things that we are to be doing and existing among us and what we are that we don't see manifested. Many has come to the conclusion that basically looking at what he told you that you are and you thinking that you know who you are and what you are and you don't see it come to pass in your life that it must be something wrong with it. There is a problem and a principle that we want to look at that I believe that has caused this stoppage or hindering the manifestation of the message which is God's Word directly to you. And that is we made the mistake of every age and that we have took the Word of God and began to process it through the mind to try to figure out and understand what God is saying, where I fit into it, how it fits me, or what I can do, or what I am, or what I can get out of it. And before it comes back out of the mouth to confirm it, we have lost the Word of God. And therefore, we don't confess. We're still waiting for what was spoken to be manifested in our life, and you'll have to all agree we don't see it. And there's not a church that claims that they will. They only confess that they have it and hope that it will come. Now, there's got to be something that is stopping or hindering the Word of God from bringing to pass exactly what it is said. And he believes God is sovereign. If God spoke something 6,000 years ago to Adam, or for it the world began, he made a covenant with his son Jesus Christ, that through his seed there would be a family on earth, ruling and reigning and dominating the earth in glorified form, glorified bodies, and we would be as kings and priests, rulers, or amateur gods on this earth, ruling and reigning. How many believes he said that? Will God perform it? The question is, will God perform it? We've been 6,000 years, and we look farther from it now than ever before. I believe what God spoke, according to His covenant, He will bring it to pass. And the more our confidence in the Word of God that it will bring to pass exactly what it says, will find us basically speaking the Word and it creating itself in one season. So what we're looking at here in Moses and Aaron is a principle that I believe is going on now that has went on among us and is going on now that we're looking at a ministry that in the one season overnight it come from a dead stick it resurrected budded and brought forth fruit or almonds in one night in other words one message one night in the presence of God brought forth justification sanctification baptism of the Holy Ghost by one night in the presence of God. It also types, basically, uh, according to the buds, the blossom, what more, it tells you the three steps are the product of the th three feasts in the seventh month. 
Now, if we get to it, because I'm long-winded, but if we get to it, we're going to show that as a baby is formed in the mother's womb over a nine-month period, that basically the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of uh, Israel absolutely types each stage that a child will go through when it is born. Those feasts also tell us the stage that the body of Christ will go through, this man-child, the bride of Jesus, this corporate body being formed in a spiritual womb called the church, will birth forth a man-child or a group of people fully matured in the very image of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That is who we are. That is the promise of God. It will come to pass. And we, by our stage, is to manifest the very fullness of the Spirit of Almighty God. And according to Apostle Paul, we will be filled with all of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the sevenfold revelation of Jesus Christ will be brought to one group of people, and they will be resurrected and changed while they're yet alive. That is what we're looking at as a ministry. In Exodus 4, verses 10 to 17, we want to continue this morning with Aaron's rod that budded. Now, that is very important because Aaron's rod that budded shows a vindicated ministry. There was only one ministry that brought forth life. All right, the prophet of God told us in this hour, there's only one message that will bring forth life. That is not a Baptist message, Pentecostal message, not even Luther's message or Wesley's message. It is a message brought forth by God Himself. Because Revelation 10, 7 is basically, uh, 10, 1 to 7 is actually God as a messenger coming down here with the message as type of Moses. Therefore, Moses beginning to speak for God and a fivefold ministry speaking the same word out of their mouth, which is deity spoken, or being spoken, coming to the spoken word. So let's look at this picture in Exodus 4, uh, 10, and we're going to pick up our thought in verse 15 is the main element. Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither therefore heretofore, nor hence thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of slow of tongue. Now this is Brother Branham. Very same type. He said, well, I don't have an education. I can't go speak to kings and whatever more. Uh, because the angel said, you'll go take your message to kings and princes around the world. He said, well, I'm not eloquent. I can't speak and I'm not educated. But he said, and the Lord said to him, thou shalt, uh, who hath made man's mouth? Now, you watch the picture in this whole thing is the mouth. There will nothing come to pass outside of the mouth. I preached the law of confession for 30-something years. It will come to pass, and you will find one day as a son of God, you are an amateur God, that the word of your father in your mouth is deity speaking. The mouth makes no difference. The word of God in your mouth, the word of God in my mouth, the word of God in that brother or sister's mouth is still the word of God. Therefore, it is God doing the speaking, are you adding the spirit life to it as the spoken word? Okay. So he said, now, now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. In other words, God said, I want to teach you, Moses. We understand that according to the Scripture, Moses understood the ways of God, or he was taught by God, the laws of God. And the people or the children of Israel only saw the acts of God. 
They never understood or received the revelation of the Word. They never saw God's plan of what He was telling them He was going to do. We find all the way through the Scripture that the people has always stopped and will not respond or act directly on what God told them to do. You're more than able to conquer the promised land. Ooh, wait a minute. Let's just send somebody over and have them check out where grasshoppers, da-da-da-da-da. According, after 40 years of seeing all the miracles of God, they still questioned whether God would do what He said He would do. That's been the problem all the way down through the hour, and that is our problem today. Will God actually do what He said that He would do? Can I actually, as a head of a household, claim my children and God deliver them and put them in the kingdom somewhere here or down the road? Amen. According to your faith, be it unto you. Are you following me now? Those that believe God will keep His Word will speak it as a confirmation. We think when we speak it, there's something starting out there that I've done something that will do something. When you speak it, you're only confirming that God has said it is true. Now, your faith activates that law of attraction, that law of creation to bring to pass and manifest in your life what God has said. All right. So, look, let's look at verse 15. That's the one that we want to look at. Uh, he said, I can't speak well, therefore I'll send you Aaron. What more? In verse 15, and thou shalt speak unto him. Here we've got Moses, a man now, that is speaking directly in the presence of a pillar of fire, which is God. We've got a man that sits right in the presence of God and talks to him face to face, which face to face means in the presence or the presence of God. We had a man in this hour, we can either believe it or reject it. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. We've had a man in this hour for the only time that a Gentile, outside the Apostle Paul, has basically been talked to by a pillar of fire, an angel of the Lord, directly face to face or in his presence that he could visually hear and see. You say, well, I don't believe that. That's all right, it's not for you. But I believe it. Because the Scripture promised that it would come, and it has come. Everything that we're speaking of this morning is past tense. It is already over, but it should be over far enough for us to be able to look at us and ourselves and around us a condition to see us developing into this fruit of a glorified man. We are sons and daughters of God with an authority and that we must manifest it before the resurrection is, takes its place. Remember in 1 Thessalonians when he said that uh, verse, we always go to verse 16, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout or a message, a command to gather us together. But it says the Lord shall bring those sleeping saints with him when he comes to us. The question is, we are alive, and we know that a process of life has to come from a spirit body, to a theophany body, to a glorified body. Now, we come from through the route, through the natural birth. We have a natural body. We have been born again. We have a spiritual body called a soul. 
There is a theophany body, we say already in the heavens waiting for us, and then there is a glorified body. You must take on a theophany body before you can be glorified. So those angels or those bodies that God brought with Him, the beginning of the message is your theophany body. And when you hear this word from the mouth of God, you have heard from your theophany. When you heard from your theophany, it quickened something inside of you. It quickened that soul, that gene of God that was in a book up here. Remember now, it's in a book. Every name in a section of a book has to come forth in its time to be manifested in flesh. That gene or that part of that book in the individual has to be quickened by hearing the gospel for the portion or the hour in which you live. When you come down to the seventh now, that group is very small because they've got to come forth and hear and receive their theophany, which is the Word of God, be changed to a glorified form and skip the death step. That's what's transpiring now. And the only way that you're going to conform and skip the death step is the Word being in your mouth. <laughs> in other words, you're going to speak yourself into your body change. Are you following me? That don't mean say, oh, I'm going to change. No, you're going to say amen to the Word, amen, 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 and not let your mind get in the way of metamorphosis that is changing you by a spiritual law of creation to abort your own process. How many knows you can be aborted before the seventh month? Nothing in the Pentecostal hour can be born and lived. It has to get into the seventh cycle, basically, for a child to be born and live outside of the womb. So we're in the seventh hour. We'll, we'll pick it up. I, I got the whole process written back there that each stage represents a feast of Israel. And we're looking now not as a baby. We're looking at a corporate body. We have to be birthed into another realm. Birth is to be, according to the prophet in 1965, and I put it in your notes. That birth to be is not being born again or be saved. That birth to be is to be birthed from mortal to immortality. Birth from Pentecost to tabernacles. Birth from incorruption or corruption to incorruption. From the first Adam to the second Adam. Amen. All right. So, and thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. Now, if you notice, here's the principle that I believe we're looking at end time ministry. We're looking at a principle of restoration in the presence of God. We're looking at a principle established when the seventh seal or the seventh stage, which we're in now, the seventh church age, we're all in the seventh, shall come to pass. We're in this seventh month cycle to birth this body of Christ, this corporate man, into its authority and position, the kingdom of God. You say, well, that's a mouthful. Yeah, it is, but it's a picture. Watch that. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth 
and will teach you what you shall do. Now, there's a principle. In other words, I will be with thy mouth. God spoke to the prophet Moses. Moses told Aaron, which is the type of the ministry or the priesthood, he told Aaron what God said. Aaron also then spoke what Moses told him, and God vindicated the word with signs following. Mark 16 in action. These signs shall follow the only preach the gospel, and these words will signs following. The word follows, or signs follow, the spoken word. We should be manifesting Mark 16 among us as a part of our daily walk. You know, as sons and daughters of God, it shouldn't be unusual or unreal for us to walk in the supernatural. It shouldn't be something strange for us from something happening, healing of the bodies, prosperity, miracles in our life, being guarded from diseases, all these things. I'll put none of these diseases upon you. I am with you. I'll walk with you. All these things of being in a relationship with God should not be strange to us or be questioned. It should be expected, confessed that's true, and we should be alerted or alarmed when it doesn't happen. Are you following me? So I'm looking at this principle to this point. Here is the principle laid forth for Elijah in this end time to turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. Here is a principle by the presence of God that God will speak to a man and that man will speak to us. I'm not trying to put a singular in there to me, to you, to trickle down. It's basically now we are in a corporate body. It is a bride with the presence of God Himself or the intelligence of the Holy Spirit. Here is our headship. Our leader is the Holy Spirit taking us through this transition of metamorphosis from corruption to incorruption. We are there. We are born Basically, in the process of birth, you say, don't you think you're born again? We'll get to that in a few minutes. But to be born again, the word is not born again. It means from, to be born from above. I've got it in your lesson. You can't be what we call reborn unless your name was in a book up here to begin with. To be born from above means that your name was here to begin with. That you were under an original covenant before the foundation of the world. Come on, talk to me this morning. And that you are a part of this spoken word bride body that's ordained to come to flesh here at this specific time. We are sons and daughters of God. All right. So what he's looking at here, watch. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people. What I'm looking at is a father-son principle. There's so much conflict today over who's God. Is there one God, two gods, three gods? Are we oneness, twoness, threeness? What are we? There is one God with one only begotten Son. Now, we'll pick us up in our lesson. The word begotten is different than being birthed. You have to be begotten before you can be born. How many knows that you are 
been begotten from above is the reason why you can be reborn here. You say, well, I don't believe in election. Well, that's fine. Just go ahead and work your way through it then. Just go ahead and try to pray yourself into heaven. Just try and beat your back like Luther did to try to conform to get right, to get that old nature out of the way, the mind things out of the way. What more? Just go ahead and try to blow off it here so you won't hear nothing that the inner man is speaking. You'll never get it done. The flesh man is born in sin, shape, and iniquity. It just gets older. And it will die. It's just a building that you're walking around here in. When I see you, I see that your building needs a new coat of paint, needs new windows. Maybe we can upholster a little bit, redecorate a little bit. Uh, we can either tear out rooms and make it bigger, what more. We just need to work on the building. I work on the building pretty regular. Put a vitamin here, a vitamin there. Who'll give me a vitamin for this? Who'll give me a vitamin for that? Paint it up, make it look good, whatever more. Put a suit on it. But the inner man. See, the inner man is what we're talking about. That inner man is actually the image of God. But remember, it's got to show up out here. Because Adam and Eve had something out here radiating around them called a glory, called an anointing, that they didn't know that they were naked. We're promised to come forth as a bride dressed in a white wedding garment, so to speak, which will be what? An anointing <laughs> brought by the Word of God, spoken out of your mouth, for the bride hath made herself ready for this great union and marriage. Your soul must be married or a part of the Word of God. Amen. There's what he called the invisible union. He shall be a spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. Jesus was God's mouthpiece. Moses wasn't God. Moses only had the Word of God in his mouth. When he spoke to Aaron, it was God, which is spirit word, being transmitted or communicated to another individual. It is not diluted until you add your mind to it or your opinion to it or change it in some way or reason with it. The first little inkling into our glory, the image that we lost, was one word, thou shalt not die, not die. That took the glory away. We lost the radiance. We lost the image. We lost this glory around us, this anointing that identifies us as sons and daughters of God. But that didn't keep you, your soul, which is a part of God, from coming forth in a body made in sin, sex-born body. But instead of having a veil or anointing around it, that spirit that come by your natural birth produced a veil to hide your identity from yourself. 
Very few people knows until they hear the Word of God or the Spirit of God deals with them that they're actually sons and daughters of God. You say, well, I heard the Word and got saved. Did you hear the Word that you are already sons and therefore receive the Word of God? Or did you hear, come and join a church and you'll be saved? You should have heard the Word of God that you are sons of God. Now come and receive your inheritance of the baptism of the Holy Ghost or down payment of your immortality. Amen. So here we find, it says now, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. And thou shalt take this rod in thy hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. In other words, he's got a sign or vindication. The rod spoke of vindication, which to me is March 16 today, that these signs shall follow those that believe. Preach the gospel, and signs will follow. Now, we know that that has not transpired and could not be fulfilled until Elijah the prophet, Malachi 4, was to come and restore or bring this ministry all the way back to the original seed, which is Jesus Christ, or the gospel sown by the apostle Paul. So, we're looking at an alpha and omega principle coming right back, not only to Paul, but right back to the original seed, which is Jesus Christ himself. If you are Mrs. Jesus Christ, a prophet put a male gender to you. Even though that we're feminine in designation, we are called the Word. See, Adam and Eve was called man because she was a byproduct of the man. We are a byproduct of Jesus Christ by the Spirit. So we are Jesus, the man, multiplied in a corporate form that has come through these stages and formed, let's say, a baby. But when the baby is born, is born a mature adult man. How many got a little bit of that? What is God? There's your question. What is God then? God came to Moses. Moses spoke, told Aaron what to say. Aaron spoke, and it come to pass. So what is God? God is spirit, word. God is a spirit. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Well, what is that? You say, well, that's the Logos. What is that? See, now we're letting the mind get in place. Instead of saying the word, God is the word, we're saying, well, yeah, but what is that? We're all guilty. That's the reason why you got stores and libraries and books by the millions trying to explain the word of God, which the word of God doesn't need to be explained. It needs to be believed. Let me just follow me this morning. We are the protected, the unique children of God. You say, well, we don't look like it. We don't go by looks. Well, you're not doing this and you're not doing that. Who said that we was to do this and do that? See, that's your own or man's thinking. Well, if you were this, then you would do that. It doesn't say that. It just says, now are you the children of God. And the whole world is waiting for the manifestation, which is the unveiling of the sons of God. What does that mean? 
To me, it means the world is waiting for the sons and daughters of God to realize by God's own presence through preaching the gospel that they are the body of Christ. We are the tabernacle of God. All right, then you have to be the covenant fulfilled in flesh. I've always said this. If you understand the covenants of God, you understand the tabernacle of Moses, understand the seven feasts of Israel, you can get the entire plan of God perfectly laid out in everything that you want to know. You say, well, those three things are hard to get. <laughs> They're hard to grasp. But we ought to be able to grasp are part of it in the day in which we live. Amen. So we're looking at a type where, to me, Moses actually types God to Aaron. Then who would Aaron type? Now, he can type a five-fold ministry. That's where we're placing him. But he actually can type, in the major way, type Jesus, the Son of God. Moses would type God. Then Aaron would type Jesus, like father and son. But we kept it in the major role, Moses being the high priest, Aaron the priesthood, basically Moses being a prophet, and Aaron types the fivefold ministry in the Gentiles, okay? So therefore, if you have a prophet, Greg, this is going to cross a lot of minutes. If you got a prophet with a pillar of fire, which they all got the picture on the wall, then you would have to have a fivefold ministry. You would have to have a fivefold ministry, or either it's over, and we've been led down that avenue or an alley, because it requires a certain ministry or a communication to deliver this child from birth pains into a birth. Birth pains. Now, a lot of you sisters understand birth pains. Right before it's born, my wife, she would have a pain, oh, and sleep for 10 minutes. Here, I was waiting for the next pain. Then, oh, sleep for five minutes. Then, oh, then, oh, then, oh. I said, oh, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. And out come the little beautiful, little bitty baby, little tiny thing. My wife looked at like, what in the world? Is this. Amen. So having birth pains doesn't mean that it is born. You've got to have someone to help you push, breathe, and deliver this thing. Deliverance is to be. Birth is to be. This message has to birth forth a group or corporate people in the very image of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. So we're looking at this type and major type of basically father and son. Let's look in John 8, 28. We find the same principle. Now this principle is what started all the way from Adam all the way down to this end time. And here you and I are confronted to see if we will be the final group that will actually do the principle of having the word in our mouth. Okay? John 8, 28. 
Jesus said unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, see, God said, I'll teach you, Moses, then you can tell Aaron what to do. As my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. The things that he spoke was words. So the spoken word and the word things there is logos, which means word. So Jesus actually spoke the logos, God, into a realm or cycle for it to produce. John 12, 49. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. God spoke to the Son, Jesus, and Jesus speaks to the disciples or to the people. Follow me? Have me just following the principle now. All right. John 14, 10. You can go many scriptures here, but here, laying down the mouth of three witnesses to watch. Believest thou not that I am in the Father? Now here's the mystery right here. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? Now how in the world could that be? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the words. So the Father that dwelleth in him, which come forth out of Jesus as words, God the Word is what actually done the work. What if Jesus had not spoken the Word for the Word to do the works? What if the bride today should have a confession to confirm the Word, and she doesn't have a confession? What kind of works will follow? There won't be any. I think we're in a stage where we don't realize who we are and what we are, that we are now placed in a position that the Word has been spoken in us, and we are to speak that word to the world. Because remember John in Revelation 10, 7, 8, 9, 10. John typed the bride. The seventh angel of the messenger takes the book and opens it and presents it to us as the message. John eat the book. Now the word is in the mouth of John who prophesies to the world. Just think what this message would be like if Brother Branham had spoke and everybody at that time in 65 just sat down and played a tape at home or didn't do anything or witness or build a church or evangelize or spoke or preached, or whatever. 
This message wouldn't have as many people as we got sitting in this building. John, you take the word and prophesy to the world. Can these bones live? <laughs> you say, well, that's to Israel. I'm talking about a bride coming out of Pentecostal age that hears a message that comes to justification, that sanctifies them, fills them with the Holy Ghost, and produces a glorified body in the same season. That's what we're looking at. So we see a principle that the word in thy mouth, he told Joshua, let these words in the meditation of thy heart be in thy mouth. Let it come out of your mouth. Joshua, think on these things and let the word come out of thy mouth. So I see that Aaron, he did not argue with Moses. He didn't say, Moses, I, I can't figure that out. I'll have to go think that. Would you just write that down and let me kind of break it down into a lesson? Look where we're at, folks. We've heard sermon. I bet I've preached 40,000 sermons. Three sermons a week for 20-something years and on and on. I've got my office packed full of notes. If I've got to be judged for everything I wrote down and, and said, I'll be there. I'll, you'll go to sleep while they're judging me. Because the man will be judged by every word that comes out of his mouth. Just think what we should be. After all these years, all the tapes, all the books, all the sermons, and we're still listening, still waiting for something to do something to us or for us. And we are the product of the message. <laughs> it's like looking in the mirror and say, wait a minute, that's me. We're waiting to see something. Oh, there it is. There. No, it's right here. You are the product of it. For you're the one that the message was preached to out here universally. And you're the one that the Spirit moved across the land. And your name was here, the reason why it quickened your soul out of the millions, and you come to it, and all the rest of them kept on going. And you don't even know why you come to it, how you come to it, or what you're sitting here believing this morning. You just know that you're here. My question is, what brought you here? Why are you here? What you're hearing? And why do you hear it? Something has to be going on. So we see now, he said, let the word be in your mind. He did not say, let the word be written down. He didn't say, let the mind examine the word. He said, let the word be in your mouth. Somebody say amen this morning, would you? Okay. God's word in the mouth of a man is the same as the word in the mouth of God. God's spoken word in the mouth of a man is the same as when God said, let there be. The principle, if God said, by his stripes you're healed, if God said that, then you can say, by his stripes I'm healed. 
And I believe God is sovereign enough to keep His Word. It's impossible for that Word to fail. I will not question it. I won't try to examine it, feel it, or nothing else. It's just, by His stripes, I am healed, period. And that's my confession. So what we see in this end time, boy, the time goes by slowly, doesn't it? Or quickly, one. This end time ministry deals with a message from a pillar of fire, God, represented in a prophet, a Moses type. It deals with hidden manna that we've talked about, a message under the seventh seal. It deals with the blood of the everlasting covenant, finally revealed and brought into its fullness. And each church age was supplied a measure or a part of this sevenfold revelation. The body of Christ was built in seven stages, which types the seven feasts of Israel, which types the stages of a natural birth, that types the stages of the body of Christ. Watch. So we're looking at uh, these seven stages or these seven feasts. When it comes and developed by this metamorphosis process, like Brother Bam said, there's around this born-again experience in your soul, there's an immortal body forming around your born-again experience. There's a body forming around the born-again experience. You already have an immortal body being formed around your soul now. All right, That immortal body, when it comes to its fullness or glory, will be expressed with an anointing upon your life that radiates the presence of Almighty God. Now, that's true worship. See, that's true worship. That's when it comes out of your mouth. I am a son, a daughter of God. All right? Watch. So, you're looking at the Scripture being fulfilled of Ephesians 4, 11 to 15, if you want to look at it. And it's kind of uh, long to read, but you're looking at the fivefold ministry where God said, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. If you want to take that, you're looking at a ministry which is a spiritual law of creation forming this embryo into its stages, bringing forth a child, or let us call the body of Christ at the end. It is the invisible law of creation where you've got to start, I won't get to it this morning, but you've got a conception. Now, conception is not birth. Conception is conception. It is a beginning. People think when they come to a conception, oh, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, and all i got to do now is go to church. No, no, you hadn't even been birthed yet. There's a conception there is a begotten process that Brother Bam called justification, sanctification, baptism in the Holy Ghost, that you cannot say, well, I'm now I'm justified, now I'm sanctified, now i got the Holy Ghost. Now, See, we want to break it down. It is a process of law and life. The mystery of life is watching that invisible union, the embryo being formed from a little hair-like spine. All of a sudden, it begins to add cells around it until you comes through the process, then after 
So many months, looks like a human, takes on. Seventh month, it begins to hear the trumpet, feast of the trumpet. Then basically the seventh month, it can be born and survive outside of the womb. So when is birth to be? In the seventh church age, under the seventh seal, which is the hidden manna, will produce a birth pain to deliver us out of these bodies of corruption into our glorified body. Amen. I was running out of town. Karen, y'all want to come now look at this stuff right here just a minute. We didn't even get to the sermon this morning. If you look at this, you're looking at a spiritual process of bringing forth a corporate body, which is Jesus Christ in a many-membered form. Watch. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Watch. Unto a perfect man. There has to be a perfect man, a bride, fully mature, corporate man, Jesus, in a feminine form, called the bride, stand up on this earth and reflect the image of Almighty God. You say, oh, we can't ever do that. Yes, we can because it's been spoken. It will be done. Watch. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, that's your problems and my problems. For the fullness of Christ comes under the seventh measure. The fullness of Christ is the tabernacles. It is the rest. It's the millennial reign. It's immortality. It's the fullness of the Spirit. And that's the age that we're under now. How many understand that we've passed through the Pentecostal age? We call it the bride age, but actually it's the age of tabernacles. In God's language, it's the age of tabernacles. Or the age of maturity. Or the age of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about whatever wind of doctrine. Not, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We will be the tabernacle of the living God. All right. From whom the whole body fitly joined together. Now, the whole body has been joined. It has been formed. Remember now, after the baptism of the Holy Ghost runs out, moving into the threefold mystery of the seventh month, trumpet, atonement, tabernacles, Nothing born under Pentecost now can survive for the millennial reign. If you're only born under Pentecost, you will be aborted to this full glory. Because without the revelation of the original atonement and tabernacles that comes through the mystery of the seventh seal, you have aborted the theophany and it only comes a thousand years down the road. There will be a small group of people that will come under the Feast of Tabernacles that will actually birth forth the revelation that will take on a glorified body and complete it and come to the full measure of the Spirit of God on this side of the millennium to live and reign with Him through the seventh day to fulfill it in a spiritual type and the rest will come up in the white throne judgment into the fullness of the Spirit called the New Jerusalem. Amen. 
So let's just stop right there before we go any further because the rest of the message pertains on this, uh, this thought right here. So what you're looking at now is the process of the Word coming forth out of your mouth to proclaim the fullness of Christ or to manifest the sons and daughters of God. Paul said, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. In other words, the revelation comes through the mind, but you can't let the mind get in the way to the obedience of believing and speaking. Like Sister Branham said, uh, Bill, I don't understand what you're saying. He said, just only believe it. Only believe all things are possible. The presence of God is here where all things are possible now. Amen? God is good. So let's bow our heads for a word of prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for the unfolding of this great mystery. And we pray that our minds and hearts will be captivated by your presence and your word. Let us realize and confess who we are as sons and daughters of God. We understand that the Apostle John said in that hour that he understood this mystery, but it had not yet appeared what we shall be because of the physical bodies that we're in. But he told us when you shall appear in this hour that we shall be like him, like you, Lord, for we shall see you as you are. And you are the spiritual word, the spoken word made manifest to us through flesh. Grant unto us, Lord, this revelation, this great mystery, and may we all come to the knowledge of the Son of God, realizing as the one Son and singular that we are the many-membered seed word of Christ coming forth as you have promised. Let us realize our covenant. Let us recognize your presence. Let us recognize our authority and our position in the body of Christ. And let each one, Lord, walk under the authority of the manifested word of God that these signs shall follow us in this hour. May the ministry that you've given to us and to each person in this hour be manifested in the trueness of his form. Bring us, O Father, to thy image. Let it be expressed within us. And let the glory that was with Adam in the garden, let it now by your indwelling spirit come forth and radiate itself through us and among us as you have promised. Let us look at this great birth that you've given us. For we believe that the body of Christ has now been birthed forth into the revelation of your presence and that your presence will take us, Lord, into the millennium to the great marriage supper and we will return with you and walk out upon the ashes of the wicked and live and reign with you for a thousand years. Grant this, Lord, and let it be in our mouth for you have spoken and therefore it shall be. May your covenant be sure to us in this hour through Jesus Christ our Lord. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand with you this morning. You got your notes, look over it. Because I took over here, basically, and showed and took the uh, feast through the natural cycle of being conceived until it comes forth into a word formed body. And I believe that we are now ready for the birth into immortality. Amen. Remember, the closer you get to the manifestation, the farther away it will seem. And right before 
the great change will be the darkest hour that you've ever lived. You say, well, I thought we should shout hallelujah for three years and walk into it. No, you're growing into it. You will be birthed. And the breath of immortality will be breathed into our nostrils and you'll be changed at a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Amen? Birth is to be. This baby, this man-child, this body of Christ is going to be birthed forth and breathe the breath of life and come to an immortal body and a resurrection and a body change. That's what you're looking at, and we laid it out here. And it comes by God speaking to a prophet, taking his word. Don't let the mind get in the way, but say what has been said, and it will come to pass. People say, oh, I only speak where the prophet spoke. That principle in law is good and true. As long as you know what the prophet said. The principle won't do it. Oh, I only speak where the prophet speaks, and you never say nothing about it except this and that. All right, what did this prophet say about this? What did he say about life? What did he say about the new birth? What did he say about servancy? What did he say about, oh, I don't know. Well, then you don't know what he said then. You just got a principle down. Don't say God sent a prophet. He sent a prophet, but he gave us a word. And he put that word in our mouth. And the word in your mouth is what brings the manifestation. I've always said I've twisted in every way. I don't know how. The law and deity is in the mouth. Speak. Don't cry to me. Speak. We're always waiting for God. Do something, do something, do something. He said, no, no. Speak. Realize who you are. And speak. That's what we're trying to get across. Amen. What are we going to sing? You know?